Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the Mac and Bone Show, baby! They're the best. Oh. I love those guys. This is my friend, Matt! A dirty Myrtle fun and road trip. This is my friend, T-Bone! Mac, yesterday I mentioned that I was in a very nice new chair, comfortable chair, a, a tush delight, if you will. You're listening to the Mac and Bo Show on Mac and Bo Radio. Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard. It is a midweek show. We'll get you through your Wednesday morning here on the Mac and Bone Show. A lot of Panthers content on the show today after Dan and Dave did some talking at the Combine yesterday. You're going to hear what they had to say. We will try to figure out what it all means, how we're supposed to feel. Are we allowed to have some optimism or uh, or is that forbidden in these parts? We also will discuss the fact that the Panthers... Raised ticket prices over 4%, season ticket prices, as it was pointed out by a couple of folks on Twitter, that is that percentage is double the win total. I, I feel like that should be illegal to, to double your win total with the percentage of season ticket price increase. But because the Panthers know how to do sneaky PR, they slid it in there right before Dan and Dave talked, and now the story is Dan and Dave. But we will not allow that to be the sole story today. We will discuss uh, the ticket price increase a little bit. We'll uh, we'll talk about that. We have night of hoops last night. To recap, we're going to do that here in a second. Um, uh, we've got national media members standing up for Drake May against the evil Merrill Hodge. Uh, you'll hear that this hour here on the Mac and Bone Show. So we got things happening. We're going to talk about beer today. Not that's Merrill be, Hoagie. Not that's going to be fun. That is going to be a fun thing. Um, so we got you here on the Mac and Bone Show. Flounds in the house. You hear Bone. He is in the house right there, man. Ready to go. What's up, Bone? You hear him scurrying back there like a mouse. You hear him back there? You hear Flounder working, moving. Always moving, always working. The Charlotte Comfort System's temperature right now is 61 degrees. Choose local. Choose Charlotte Comfort at charlottecomfortsystems.com. Mac, I would like to welcome back your Charlotte Hornets. The, the unwatchable, the unwatchable brand of the franchise came back last night in full. Yes, that was as sucks. bad as it got last night. Oh, holy smokes! Who brought the old look Hornets back? I didn't want to watch them again. <laughs> Seriously, was PJ back out there? I oh. didn't, uh, that looked just. Well, the good news is though they can bounce back. Forget it. They play Milwaukee next. That's yeah. Let's get. <laughs> we'll go right back. Get that revenge at home, baby. Um, yeah, that was uh, disappointing. That was a uh, reversion back to. Uh, the pre-trade deadline, Charlotte Hornets on both sides of the ball. And by the way, the offense really has kind of stunk for three straight games. <laughs> games now. We were just able to win one of those because the defense made Portland look infinitely even worse than we did. Uh, the defense last night, Bone, that got um, featured in an article by John Hollinger in The Athletic, the defensive turnaround and can they sustain it? Um, the answer last night was no. Holy crap, that looked like the we-don't-give-a-damn Charlotte Hornets defense from earlier this season. Uh, yeah, credit to James Plowright. The only defensive thing of note that's actually positive from last night, 
Trey Mann's averaging three and a half deflections a game in the last five games. So he's really doing well in the Clifford system. But besides that, um, it, it's not good. It was the first time in a while, uh, probably in a couple of weeks, I had to look up the worst loss in franchise history based off the way the score was going. Then I realized, oh, yeah, that was set this season. <laughs> Remember, we had a game this year where they set the record for worst loss in franchise history. I, I forgot already. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I already knew the number. <laughs> and it starts, you start to look at the score. You go, man, this is now. You had to count 40, 43, 44. Oh, we're heading to that 50 range. I, and by the way, the numbers on offense, like uh, I looked at the box score this morning because I, I tapped out on this one and went to exclusively NC State and Wake Forest games after the third quarter. I did make it through three quarters. That didn't work but out well for you either, apparently. When it was a 40, yeah, that, that, neither one of those are wins either. But 49, they were down 49 points after three quarters, and I thought I can tap. And by the way, they, they cleaned up the numbers. The fourth quarter, they scored 38 points. They did. Their shooting numbers bone should look, should look even worse than they do if it wasn't for the fourth quarter. They shot 21% in the first half of this game and had 26 points in the in a half of an NBA game. Yeah, yeah Berton's, Berton's had some buckets. I did hang in there, he man. He didn't make one three through three quarters. No. And I look at the box score, he has four of them. Well, it's like, and I see what happened. The man that noticed was Eric Collins, Mac. He did not give up until it was almost time to end this basketball you game. You were still watching the fourth quarter? I was, I was God bless you. Oh, hold on, I was monitoring. I was going back and just seeing what the numbers were. I wasn't, like, fully invested, but I did hear Eric Collins say, Bertons, give me something here. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that that cut it back to like 39 at that of point. Of course. Give me was. something, Bertons. Yeah. No, I'm being laser. I'm like, if you just heard EC, you would have thought, oh, my God, they made a rally. That, no, no, they cut it. They cut it from 40 down to 39. That is a fun game that we should play. Like, just pull out random clips of games, cover up the score. And ask people, what? how many do you think the Hornets were up or down by based on EC's? Reaction? No one would get it right. You would be like, the Hornets are winning by 40. No, they're down by 40, actually. Because EC does not lose the intensity. Just bathed in the rapture of Mark Williams. <laughs> it never drops. The intensity no. never drops. How does that man do that? I got to be honest, Bone. I would leave the booth. If I was broadcasting that game last night, I would be getting um, uh, like a Bush beer somewhere in Milwaukee. Yeah. Like that. That is, I, I would, I would throw myself uh, down the stairs to get out of calling that game. I would go find who's the uh, who's your guy, Mac? Your your friend there in Milwaukee, Bernie Brewer, the one that goes down the slide. Oh yeah, is it yeah, Benny yeah. Brewer, or Bernie Brewer, the Bernie or Benny? Bernie, Bernie, Bernie Brewer. I would go find that slide and just have some fun. <laughs> just put me in a vat of suds, but not EC. He's acting like it's the great. Like every he doesn't take a possession off Eric Collins. No, it is a remarkable feat. Give me something. Yeah, thirty-seven point lead. So anyway, the Hornets reverted back. Um, and maybe that thing bone that I was saying about, yeah, it could take a few games for LaMelo to blend with these guys on offense. Uh, I'm giving that up. Just put, if, if LaMelo, um, can actually walk and chew gum at the same yep. time, I'd throw him out there, uh, because they need an offensive infusion. These last three games offensively, it has not been the, I noticed bone. You're not pulling out the made threes and the assist numbers. Like you were in those first four games. This no, offense has completely changed the last three. Excellent point. I, I'm afraid to look now again. I'm afraid I did so much I did so much uh three assists. Yeah, that's not yeah. as a team. No, no I'm yeah. just kidding. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> I, I thought that was legitimate. Like, that'll, that'll be a season. Mac, they could put Lamelo blindfolded out there and say, All right, try to get us to ninety five points with an efficient offense. And he probably could do it. Yeah, the, the defense has been much better, not last night. 
But the offense, yeah, Golden State game was brutal. Portland, they won against the team that's really down and was injured. And, and they didn't. we didn't score a lot in that no, game either. No, no, So, yeah, that's the, this is where it's like, LaMelo, you want to play? Do they want to play you? What's going on over there? I, I just, again, I just want to know. Like, I'm a fan of y'all. I ju- and, and so is everybody else here. We just want to know what's the status of the $200 million player. Yeah. It, just, it just bothers me that we know nothing. You know what I mean? Nothing, not, not, even, not any indication. And, it, and then we and it makes the, you think they're just sitting him. You know and, what I mean? It makes you think yeah. that he could play. But like, if, if they just communicate, and I know Steve Clifford doesn't want to talk about this crap. So when he's asked about it, he gives you basically non-answers. But my God, it'd be nice to know. It really would. And then you have to, like, when Mitch was speaking, when he was in charge, you have to try to figure out what does that mean? What does that mean? For example, like when he's talking about Mark Williams, Mitch, Mitch Kupchak a couple weeks ago, and he says it's not career-threatening. It's like, well, hold on a second. Was that was that even discussed? Like, how bad is you know what I mean? With Mark, it's like, how bad is this thing for the GM to say it's not career threatening? We didn't think that. So, how bad is this sort of thing? Yeah, why would you, you say it's not? That I, didn't, I didn't have any inclination that I was worried about Mark Williams' back injury yeah. being career threatening. And, and he now drops in like, yeah, don't worry about it. No, now I'm going to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, why would you even say that if it's not really severe? I, so. I missed that along the way. I heard it on one of our pregame shows. I said, wait, he said that Mark Williams' injury is not career threatening. Why would that even? be discussed yeah i don't know i don't know um i also don't know what happens to wake forest when they get on a plane and travel um th- this this team can be really good at home they have not lost this year and you saw what they're capable of against duke a storyline that has not been talked about enough with this team is they are like bad on the road they are two and eight on the road two and eight and if you watch yeah. if you watch the second half of that game last night you would not recognize this basketball team. Their offensive performance, and they're good in the first half. 38 points, uh, or no, uh, uh, 58% from the floor. They had a nine-point lead early second half in this game at Notre Dame. Bone, they started the second half hitting three of 20 shots. They shot 26% in the second half. This is the one issue with Wake. And I know they don't play true road games in the NCAA tournament, but you take them out of the jolt, and they are a different team, man. It has to be said. Yeah, teams that beat Duke are now one and four in their next game this year. They're, oh, you take it. You, well, Duke should get four wins little, for that. Little, little hangover. They had their <laughs> Wake, four wins on. to Duke. Wake had their best offensive performance in 30 years. They travel on the road. Salas goes two for 11 after the epic performance on Saturday. You're right. Overall, two and eight on the road, two and seven in the conference on the road. 3-10 and ten in road and neutral site games. So while Wake passes our eye test, and I think they should be in, they, they're they a good basketball team. There's some metrics like on the road, neutral sites, non-conference schedules, 258. So I think they're a tournament team. But there are metrics that we're talking about here that they look at that is not going in their favor. That's the issue. I'm not sure when you – they can't play a tournament game at the Joel. <laughs> that's true. That's a slight issue. ACC tournament won't be played at DeJoel either. So it needs to be said just how different this team is when you take them away from the motorcycle and the tie dye. You know, it does need to be said. And they're vicious, nasty fans. <laughs> um, but uh, so that was a disappointing loss. And you're right. Was there a letdown factor there as well? Um, the good news is. When they do something really bad, Lenardi doesn't react. Just like he was slow to react when they were doing good things for a while there. Um, apparently, Joe Lenardi said, Bone, that they're still he's not budging them at all after the loss at Notre Dame. He will keep them in the first four uh, or the last four buys, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. 
He so said that go. the Notre Dame loss isn't as bad as some people make it out to be right now because Notre Dame's actually played some pretty good basketball recently. Their record overall is not good, but they think that's when well, already thinks that might be a quad two loss here uh, when the when the metrics are all updated. I mean, Notre right. Dame's one twenty eighth in Ken Palm. Yeah, that's not what you want. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why Joe Lenardi One, thinks one forty in the net. Yeah, you know what? It's almost as if he doesn't that's make any sense. Be a quad, a quad two loss. What's quad two got to be? I don't, I don't know. You're the quad. You're the quad father around here. <laughs> on, the, on, on the road, because quad one is one is top seventy five. One twenty five. Okay, so they, think they can no grow. Idea. They can gain like twenty five spots in the net to, to make it a quad two loss. I don't know. Hey, do man. they update that? We can check right now. Can we check right now? Or does that take a little while for that? Uh, Bballnet.com, which is a fin- uh, phenomenal place to check. Uh, it has not been updated okay. just yet. All right. All right so we now we'll keep you abreast of the situation. Now Wake goes to Virginia Tech, then they play home Georgia Tech and Clemson. Clemson won last night against Pittsburgh. They got off to a real slow start. Pitt was hitting threes, and uh, Clemson made big shots. Down the stretch, got double doubles from Hall and Shefflin, so they win a big game. Mag, I was talking to Flounder yesterday. It would not shock me because of their experience. That's a team that I that can get the Saturday of the ACC tournament. I wouldn't be stunned if they they could win that thing. That they, I Clemson's got a chance to win the ACC tournament. I think. I definitely think they're going. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say they don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been saying for a couple of weeks now that I that that I really, you know, I've been mentioning the ACC tournament. Yeah, I've been mentioning the way they look different now, other than the state loss at home. I think it's been a pretty clean slate here the last few weeks. And experience, experience can win in March, and they've got what like four seniors and a junior, whatever the numbers are. They, their their core is mostly upperclassmen. So yeah. that 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 helps when you get to this. And, and they up. they may wrestle the, the the double bye away from Wake. They're tied yeah. right now at 10 and 7 in conference. Wake may lose the double bye if they don't if they don't if they're not careful. Um speaking of losing seed spots in the ACC tournament and standings, uh, I I give you NC State who is now in a three-way tie at 9 and 8 in conference for the 7 8 9 spots. And uh, after losing to Florida State last night, and oh by the way, they have Carolina and Duke next. Oof. So uh, they're staring nine and ten in the conference in the face mm. if they can't pull off a huge upset. Both on the road they're, too, right? Their defense bone was absolutely horrible last night. I, I, there is no other way to describe what happened defensively on that floor in Tallahassee last night by the dudes in white. It was absolutely embarrassing. Uh, Florida State shot 60% from the floor. They got 46 points in a bait, 18 on the fast break. If State pressed them, Florida State went right through it and scored. If the ball got to the half court, Florida State did what they wanted. They put up 90 points. That was, if you're a State fan, and I feel like their defense has been regressing here the last couple of weeks. If you're a State fan, that had to be a game that annoyed the crap out. I know it's on the road and if you lose, but to give up 90 and put that little resistance up defensively if you're NC State, holy crap, man. Yeah, my first three trends, Mac, I saw this morning when I logged into Twitter was Fat Joe, not sure what he's involved in, uh, Tornado Warnings, and Kevin Keats. So I looked. Are they all related? I'm not sure. I, I did so. So I looked up the Kevin Keats stuff, and man, you you were asking where the vitriol was for Kevin Keats. So I just read through some of the tweets about Kevin Keats. Oh my God, these state fans are uh, not not 
our listeners per se at the moment. But yeah, the, like are the Charlotte State the fans ones, mad? Because the they've been pretty the chill ones about I this. saw were going bonkers. Yeah. Who is this? I still have yet to figure out why Fat Joe was trending, but I'll, I'll keep you updated. On uh, that. Was that one of the NC State fans that was possible? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Mac, I have an observation about the ACC that's really Fat bo- Joe. Something to it. Well, no, I'm not gonna say. That. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that's mean spirited. An observation no. here. I will just uh, for once, Bone. I'm just going to bite my tongue. Oh, you're going, going high road here. High road, going Mac? to yes. I just looked up Mac last Saturday of the season. Of course, Duke plays Carolina. Clemson also plays Wake that day. Do you know when that game is, Mac? That Clemson Wake game, big conference game. The same exact time. The same exact time as Duke plays Carolina on the ACC network. Clemson plays Wake Forest. They did, I don't this, get it. they did this at the first Duke Carolina game. They put another I, game against that too. I, I, I know they do you're that? here now. I know you have people that listen. My God, can you move it up to like Clemson Wake to four? We kind of want we want to enjoy these high quality ACC games. Can you at least put that somewhere else? There should move be, it off of that, man. I got to be honest. I don't know if there should be any ACC game opposite Duke UNC. There, there really and if it is, it should involve Boston College or Louisville. That's or ridiculous. Like, get it out of there. They should have just put Boston College Louisville up. And you know what I mean? No yes. one else would care. But yeah, and they did it in the first game. I forget who was playing. Was it State? I think State was playing during Duke and UNC. Which might be a good idea because state fans want to distract themselves and not be miserable watching their two rivals be great. You have this whole <laughs> you have this whole season to schedule. Put that somewhere. Put it on Saturday. Put it at put it at two. Put it at four. We want to enjoy that game. We're into that game, but we're not going to watch that and pay attention to that more than the Duke Carolina game, unless you're a fan of Wake or Clemson. But come on, man, separate those. You're going to have a great doubleheader. You could have Wake yeah, Clemson lead into Duke, or or the you opposite of that. Yeah. You definitely could have. Yeah, that, that, that could be for a double buy that game. You know, when we come back, Dan and Dave speak at the combine. You're going to hear some of that. We're going to react on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, juicy fried chicken. Buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Just the respect factor that I have going against them. I know I know this scheme going against it. I'm really excited to learn more about the ins and outs as far as how the calls come in, the adjustments and all that. I just know it was really difficult on me for years, uh, whether it was in Seattle going against the Rams and that family um, or this year just going against EJ twice. So and this is this is really important for me, um, especially as a as a first time head coach who's like. I'm here to make sure we get our football right, especially on the offensive side, that we have that continuity um, with the players, with with EJ, you know, just being able to have the mentality that I saw that was really challenging to play against. That is Dave Canales talking about um, his master plan, his master plan in the interviews with the Teppers and how it included, hey, you guys are set on defense. 
Let's just bring Averro back. He's got that side of the ball. I've got the offensive side of the ball. We will have a dream team in effect. Now, I don't want to start calling this the dream team because last year, oh, yeah. the all-star staff, last year, the whole all-star staff hype bone, uh, we all got a little carried away with it. I compared so, Frank Reich at one point to Chuck Daly from 1992, <laughs> and sure enough, so, that didn't last uh, too deep into the preseason. So I'm not really going to go with this dream team thing, but um, I like that. I like that, Bone, because I do wonder the other coaches that were in the mix for the job, I wonder if they talked that way or if they had their own defensive guy they wanted to bring in. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's ego involved, right? There's, And it's not always ego. It's a lot of times, that's my dude, right? I've been in the business for a while. That's my guy. If I ever get a head coaching job, that's my defensive coordinator right there. Um, so... I don't yeah. want to make it be a horrible thing, but that, a lot of coaches think that way. They have the plan, right, of this is going to be my guy. I like the fact that Canales came in here thinking the way we did. Man, you do the offense. It's a hell of a task, brother. You go roll your sleeves up. Let this guy hold it down like he did on defense. And I think the fact, hearing Canales talk yesterday, and that's from the Combine, and you're going to hear uh, you know, Dave and Dan's comments from the Combine here during this uh, segment. But I think the fact, Bone, and he referenced it a lot that he went up against the Vero's defense twice this year and saw how good they were. Yeah. I mean, they didn't score a touchdown in the second game. They, you know, averaged 15 points a game in the two games against the Panther defense. I think, I think that made him gain an appreciation for this unit and, and, and Averro's coaching. Yeah. And surround yourself with the best you can. And th those that know the team already, especially when you're new to the, to the position also. Mac Dave Canales is not a guy that's been a head coach. This is new to him, so he's going to have to learn. So surround yourself with guys that are here, their experience. There might come a time, Mac, where he's got the the CEO grasp under control and the staff may look a little different, but for now, he's doing what we talked about. As you said, he's surrounding himself with, with guys that can help him out the most while he focuses on trying to – there's going to be a learning thing here for him as well. It's a whole new position. Absolutely. So he's going to have to focus on that as much as anything else. So I like the fact that he was willing to, to be that open-minded and say, you know what, that whole defensive staff, come back. You guys do your thing. I'll be over here worrying about the offense. Because yep. a lot of coaches would want to be, no, I need that guy here. I need that secondary coach. I need, you know, a lot of coaches. Matt Rule, by the way, would still be bringing in Phil Snow. Even if he had a Vero in this defense here, he would still need old Phil Snow, our guy Luther from from the TV oh, show man. Coach. I did love Luther though. <laughs> didn't end well for Luther, didn't? Uh, Mac, I want to send a shout out on the WFNZ text line to our guy Hollywood A. He sent me the the reason of why our famed hip hop icon Fat Joe was trending. So thank you, Hollywood A. What is the story behind this one? Oh, thank you for asking. Uh, he bought Air Trumps. He bought the Donald Trump the Donald Trump shoes that he put out there. Oh, he did. Yeah, okay. The, yeah, he bought right. those. Yeah. Um, I gotta be. Uh, I'm gonna ask a question here. All right. I think I already know the answer. Okay. Is this the first time a presidential candidate has put out his own uh, line of high top shoes? Yes. I, I don't think. Were there any Air Washingtons back in the day? No. Air Jeffersons. Air Clintons. <laughs> I don't want to know what you could use your Air Clintons for. Dude, I got to tell you, and those Air FDRs were phenomenal. <laughs> we we got we got we got, I got some Air James Pokes back in my back in my youth. <laughs> we got Donald with his shoes, and then we got the president eating an ice cream cone, breaking down like international relations or whatever it was while eating an ice yeah. cream. We got some funny stuff. I'm telling you, man, the uh, the TV uh, comedians and late night hosts. They, are, they never have a shortage of material no. in this country. Never a shortage of material in this silly country. All right, let's get back to the task at hand here, Bone. And that is, 
reviewing what was said yesterday by the coach and GM of your Carolina Panthers. So the, the a question was asked, and you can tell that Dave Canales does not like this word being used in connection with Bryce Young. The, the question was asked, what is your plan to fix Bryce mm. Young? And listen to Dave Canales' response. No plan to fix Bryce Young. Um, I think for me it's it's about building an offense that we can be uh, proud of, something that um, – something that – is uh, tough, something that is smart, that that um, takes care of the football, number one. We got to create more explosives. And then, and then, of course, we have to minimize damage with exotic pressures and things like that. So I think just elevating the whole group um, and, and really asking Bryce to just do his part. You know, and that and that kind of, you know, without getting really into the specifics of it, you know, but I have had a lot a lot more chance to, to really dive into some film since the last time we've talked, you know. And so I have a specific plan. Um, can't wait to put that into play. Um, but again, you know, we're not talking about a guy that there's a there's a big fix for really. You know, you're looking at an accurate player, a really smart player. He's aware of what's happening and we got to build the whole thing around him, the whole offense around him of something that we can really say this is our identity and our core. Smart way to handle it. You say the word fix, that that implies something's broken. And he doesn't want to say that Bryce Young no. is broken because I don't think he is either. A guy like Geno Smith, yeah, probably fixed would be the right word, although he was just kind of sitting in the corner yeah, there. I don't for think Geno ever works. I think like <laughs> like people talk Baker about Baker Mayfield was had to be fixed. But Geno Smith was kind of just over there in the corner like he was at a yard sale there for a while. Yeah, I don't and I think that was a toy that, yeah. that was a toy that never worked to begin with. Um but as far as Bryce goes, I hope he's not broken. I had I, I I had my concerns watching what was transpiring last year when I watched his footwork, and 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 I'm telling you it was 100% mental. I, I believe I believe it was because of the pressure. I believe it got to him. But watching his footwork in the pocket and then going back and watching his Alabama footwork, you know, footwork on deep balls, it was night and day. So I I understand you don't want to denigrate your quarterback. And say, yeah, we got to fix him. He's broken, but um, I'm Mister Fix It. You don't want to do all that. No, but and just, he got just, to him. Just, he got to him before he needed to use the word fix. But just real talk, though, he didn't look like that. wasn't the same quarterback last year, and I thought no. he, I thought he regressed as the season went on. I thought it really played a toll on him. The pressure he dealt with. So whatever words you want to use, um, Bryce Young needs to play better. But with that said. Um, the scheme needs to be better. The usage of him, like they need to actually design an offense around his skill set, which, you know, I, I heard Canales yesterday talking about use of play action and boot action. And he said, they, I didn't see enough of that on tape. And you're damn straight. You didn't see enough of it on tape. The play action passing game was horrible. Um, and that should be something that, that, that they should lean heavily on with Bryce Young. So I, I he's saying the right things, Bone. But Frank Reich said a lot of the right things last year before the season, and then the season started, and it felt like he didn't do any of the stuff he talked about doing. Yeah, under center is going to be a big deal, too. You know, Olsen talked about that end of the season. The quarterback, Mac, the, 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 the progression from college to the pros now and how different the game can be played under center, that's going to be a big deal, too, as Bryce under center, how much more comfortable does Canales get and the more stuff you can do out of that will be a different look Surely, in a better look, I think, than we saw last year. Absolutely. but I Stop sending in what Bill Clinton's shoes are used for, please. <laughs> I, 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 I said it. I know. It's on me. Mac, again, it's on me. 
I, I kind of shouldn't have said what would Bill Clinton, Air Clinton's be used for. I, I, I now understand what you guys think. Okay, it's enough. Uh, <laughs> you set him up for that. You threw the alley oop bone to the text line for that one right there. Um, but I like a lot of what I'm hearing uh, from Dave Canales about the offensive plan. Now Dan Morgan's got to go get us some dogs, some offensive dogs. Um, let's see here. Let's go to Dave Canales talking about an experienced bone. That I don't think we're jealous of him for. He has to go game by game and slowly grind the tape of the 2023 oh. Carolina Panther offense. Dave Canales talked about watching the film of this 2023 Panther team. So that's kind of been the, the painstaking, slow, methodical <laughs> approach to make sure that I know Carolina Panthers 2023. It took me about two and a half, three games to get emotionally involved in Panthers football to where I'm like, yep. no, oh, we got to pick this up. Like, <laughs> Damn so I'm all in, you, you know, um, and, and you actually, coach. you know, I'm just now finishing up kind of watching those in detail. There's, oh. there's cut-ups, you know, there's <laughs> self-scout. I've been able to be in those meetings with the Jero and kind of learning our defense. And um, and that's been really fun, too, just as a clinic. You know, I just feel like a kid. I'm here. I'm learning all the ins and outs of a defense I've been trying to attack for a long time. And, and to see it done really well has been great. Um, but, yeah, so th so I've been kind of learning that. He said there's cut-ups. Matt, how many full games did he watch before he said, give me that nine-minute version I can watch now? Give me that condensed game it's, that Panther fans watch Monday mornings. He just <laughs> He's watching the equivalent of uh, the football equivalent of the Saw movie franchise. He said, I, I can watch three, then I got to take a break and sort of I like the fact that he became all of us. Like three games in, he started getting pissed off because we're not picking up blitzes and stuff. He started yelling at the screen like a fan would. That's what that's what that's the visual that I love that he painted for us. Like hey. he started getting mad about holy crap, this team stinks. Come on, do better, coach. It gets better, man. Stay with it. It's like a, it's like a uh, it's like a show on Netflix, coach. You got to keep watching, man. It gets better. We promise you. We're not going to spoil it. There is two good fourth quarters coming up somewhere along the way. <laughs> if we if the 2023 Panthers were a TV show, it would not get renewed. You know what I mean? Like they would have made it three games in, and they would have canceled that TV show. It, it was a limited series, <laughs> and most of the series were limited on offense. Oh man! Um, so anyway, that was fun. That was interesting. We'll have more Dave Canales later. Matter of fact, seven o'clock hour, we're going to talk about offensively what we're hearing. How it sounds to us, is there reason to believe he can go in there and make a huge impact on the offense right away in year one? Or are we delusional and setting ourselves up for disappointment yes. if we expect a big change in year one? God, we'll I, talk about that coming up at, at 7 o'clock. God, I can't do delusion and disappointment again. <laughs> that's a tough combo, isn't it? Oh, I man. can be delusional and disappointed. You throw both in there. That's a tough one. Those are the, the official colognes of the Mac and Bones. <laughs> what are you wearing today? Despair, well, I'm wearing delusional. Also, yeah. Despair is another cologne that we Despair like to use. Despair is the expensive cologne, though. I don't, I don't wear that a lot. That's like your car. All right, so let's get to Dan Morgan here and some of the stuff that he said. Yes, he actually had something really interesting to say to uh, the, uh, the Charlotte Vibe crew where he admitted he didn't say this in a presser he admitted all options on the table for for brian burns and that could inf include trade he says I, i'm talking to todd france his agent this week and i'll have a better idea but he did actually admit that which is going to be which is interesting he's always going to be honest isn't he dan Moore? he doesn't really have a lot of gm speed that's what they talked about when he got the job is that he's He's a straight shooter, man, and there's going to be times when he says stuff like that. You say, oh, you put that out there. Okay, here we go. He also, now that one, he revealed a little something there. 
He's also very guarded. He's very short. He's not a man of many words. Yeah. Like if you like if you check out the Dave Canales answers and how long they were and then go look at the Dan Morgan answers and how long they were. For example, I had to put three answers together to three questions on Iki Iguanu to make one long answer, right? Because it's all interesting stuff. But he speaks in like 10-second sound bites. Canales speaks in like one minute and 10-second yeah. sound bites. So listen to Dan Morgan. We get a little bit of news here about what position Iki will play next year. But listen to this. I think Icky, the plan is to leave him on the outside at left tackle. You know, he's 23 years old. You know, he's young. Um, you know, he's, you know, it's been two, two, three years in the league now. Um, you know, I think he's only going to get better and better. And I think when you when you bring the right coaches in, um, you know, that maybe can help him out and, you know, get him better, I think um, that I'm confident in that. Icky's motivated to be better. Uh, he's hungry. I've had multiple talks with him on different occasions, and he's hungry to get better and be one of the better left tackles in the, in the league. There you go, left tackle. Man, it all sounds good now, doesn't it? Everything is optimistic. So Everything's positive. So good. And it will so act, good. It will, so good. It will be that way through the summer, and then they'll actually play football. <laughs> and then we'll find out if that talk was just talk. Uh, but Icky staying at left tackle, he seems to think there's a lot of room for Icky to improve, Bone. Do you? Yeah, it's going to be about the scheme, though, right? Because wasn't that part of the problem we saw and we had heard internally last year about Bozeman and Icky specifically was that they fit the previous scheme so much better, the grinded out, move ahead, run game style when they got out in space more of what Frank Reich wanted to do. They got exposed. So Icky might be a guy, Mag. It's just the, the talent may be the same, but it might be about the scheme that best fits what they want to do. He was really good year one, not last year, but I don't think it's a talent issue. I think it was more about they just got away from what, the offensive line could do well last year. Because all of a sudden, I don't think Bozeman and Nicky all of a sudden just dropped off the face of the earth. There was something more going on there than just these guys all of a sudden being bad yeah, at football. Yeah, there was. But Icky's pass, pass, pass protection's an issue. Like, I'm no, not no, it certainly is. I'm not Captain Technique Bone, but he is. he came in raw as a pass protector, and he still is. Now, I'll say this. Captain so, Technique. To your point. <laughs> to your point. Um, uh, I tell my wife that all the time. I'm not Captain Technique. All right? It's not going to be pretty. All right? But anyway, let's focus on the, focus, I focus. the icky thing. Um, you bring up scheme or whatever. And I think a lot of times we're talking about run game scheme, right? Like power run game. And then you're not, you know, hopefully you run it. And you're not in lo these long passing downs and stuff like that. Um, Dave Canales says something, said something very interesting yesterday that might be encouraging for icky. He talked about how quickly Bryce Young, he wants Bryce to get the ball out. Baker Mayfield's time to throw last year was 2.53 seconds per PFF. That's the fastest pass, average pass of his career. He got it out quick. And he said something uh, that was interesting. He said, I I'm going to tell Icky and Moten to be aggressive on these pass plays right away because Bryce is going to get it out quick. And one of the things they said in Tampa was that Dave Canales – Having Baker get the ball out quick helped the offensive line. I think that might be, if you're looking for ways, Bone, where you're wondering how's the scheme going to fit and all this sort of stuff, I wonder if we get the ball out quicker, does that, you know, kind of protect Icky? And also, you know? Baker, Mac, we saw Baker get jittery in the pocket a lot. Bryce last year got jittery in the pocket. If you're moving that ball out quick and you're just thinking, you're just reacting, it cuts down on that that time where you have to scan more and all of a sudden trouble happens. So the Canales scheme, it worked for Baker and that the, what 
help Baker certainly will be a big deal in helping Bryce Young get the because when he gets that ball out, he's not really thinking as much. He's just reacting. That's when Bryce Young's at his best. That's the key. Now the rub is you also need guys to win immediately, right? If you want to get 100%. the ball out quick, guys got to win off the line. So it's all, you know, there's all kind of moving parts here. But I like a lot of what we're hearing from uh, Canalis. There's no doubt about it. Um, so anyway, interesting stuff there, Bone Man. We'll have more of it later, by the way. That's just the tip of the iceberg. We'll also get into the Panthers raising ticket prices. Do you agree with me, Bone, that they announced it when they did just because they knew they were a couple hours from Dan and Dave speaking at the Combine and that would completely become the news? Oh, it's the old look over here move. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They sne- you sneaky over there, Panthers. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because you either do it on a Friday afternoon when everybody's headed to happy yep. hour, or you got to put it right in front of something that's going to replace it in the news cycle. Yeah. Right. Yep. Sneaky right. little Panthers. R- timing was absolutely perfect. Sneaky little kitties. Sneaky little kitties. But we're not going to let those sneaky little kitties sneak around. But we will bring it to the forefront, whether or not it is a serious. Like thing that Panther fans like you can't be shocked in this day and age. We've seen bone. If you had to have a winning season in pro sports to increase ticket prices, ticket prices would never increase in Charlotte. Like, so (laughs) you do realize that they are going to go up after losing seasons, but six straight losing seasons under the new owner and a two win season last year. I don't know, man. I'm not sure if it's the best PR move to raise ticket price. Season ticket price is over 4.5% on average. Sneaky Little Kitties, was that your fantasy football team name this past season? It should be. It should be next year. Maybe it will be. When we come back, Drake May, who's been under fire first by some analysts for his NFL future, gets defended by an ESPN analyst that saw him play a lot. And you have to hear, you must hear, who's coaching up Drake May now in the offseason. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. no other way for me to say it other than I think that's absurd. I think he is a remarkable athlete and and I've kind of talked about in terms of when you look at his size and athleticism and that combination, the rarefied air that I believe he will keep company with are guys like Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Like you don't in a in second overtime against Duke, you don't run a quarterback sweep with a guy that's a stiff athletically. Like you don't do that. Like you put the ball in your your best athlete's hands, which is exactly what they did. And also this in terms of inconsistencies, there's a change in coordinators between year one and year two. 
Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Tim Hasselbeck standing up on ESPN for Drake May. And you ask, why would Drake May need someone to stand up for him? Because um, Merrill Hodge, the evil Merrill Hodge and Kurt Benkert are after Drake May this week. Oh, yeah, week. two geniuses. They are both after Drake May this week offering immense criticism of Drake May. And we all said it yesterday. The most ridiculous criticism is the one that Hasselbeck is pushing back on there. It is Merrill Hodge telling a radio show in D.C. that Drake May lacks athleticism. I, and, I, I don't and get it, it. It makes you wonder how many snaps of Drake May Merrill Hodge is actually Does Merrill watched. Hodge lack eyes? Like, uh, it, it, it really makes you wonder how many snaps he watched, doesn't that, it? That dude can run. He can throw. He comes from an athletic background family. We watched him back last year against Pittsburgh get loose and throw a left-handed pass. We've seen him. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be Mahomes, but there's an element to his game where how many times back did a play break down and all of a sudden Drake May is able to complete a pass on the sidelines or do something? All the time. All he the is so time. good off I, schedule. I think when we look back, he's got a chance to be the best quarterback in this draft. A very, I agree. A very, very good draft, but he he's going to be equal, I think, to those guys he's up there with. Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels. Listen, these guys. we know how it works, man. The chances all three are great quarterbacks is pretty slim, right? Just the way drafting QBs works. Um, I do think there's a very I, – I, I don't know. What do I know, man, with quarterbacks? I've been swinging and missing for years. But we're, like, we're, like, we're like Rob uh, Deere and uh, – who's another guy that strikes out Dave a lot? Kingman. Yep, there that's you it. Go. You're Deere, I'm I, Kingman. I, I, and people are going to say Max Homer and up for the local kid, the Tar Heel kid or whatever. But I watched him and just thought that's the prototype 2024 NFL quarterback. Does he have things to work on? Absolutely. But I thought um, Tim Hasselbeck made a great point. You had the coordinator change there from Longo to Lindsay. You know, there's things like things like that that I'm pretty sure Merrill Hodge doesn't know have occurred. I just I, I don't. Can we also evaluate the actual film? Like maybe instead of just focusing on Drake, maybe go back and watch it and tell me what you think of the offensive line that he's got yeah, in front of him. That's which part of sucks, it too. Which sucks on ice. Yeah, hey, Merrill, Merrill, absolutely. And Merrill and Benkert. He also didn't have Tez Walker a lot this year either. One of the best weapons Lost in the Josh sport. Downs, Lost you know? downs. Had to sort of, his numbers, I think, took a hit early without Walker. Still good, but it wasn't like Heisman-level stuff, but he was still good. You got you to gotta factor in a lot of the circumstances that surround these quarterbacks as well. Not and just, I get the feeling Merrill might not know all those circumstances. I just have a feeling like that he has not watched every snap of every game of Drake May or anywhere near that, to be honest with you. He's awful opinionated. I respect the fact that because a lot of guys, Bone will just say nice things about every prospect. So that's kind of annoying, too. Right. It's like, tell me how you really feel about these guys. Everybody says nice things. But and I appreciate the fact that Merrill Hodge is willing to criticize and be the bad guy. He called out Caleb Williams, too. He's critical of Caleb Williams. But it's just like when you say he's not athletic, it's like. I think you might have watched the wrong quarterback. Now, like, you know what I mean? Like, brings up a good point. To be fair, in us talking about Merrill Hodge or Merrill Hoagie, I believe, as the previous host uh, might have said on CBS Sports Radio. I approve uh, of it. Uh, he was right about Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Stroud. Like, he did similar stuff with those guys and breakdowns in their pre-draft evaluation. So he has been accurate about Is that true? I didn't know that. Yeah, I read that's what people were saying the other day, that, hey, uh, they listen to him when he speaks. It doesn't mean he's going to be right every time. On this one, I just don't I don't get I don't get that assessment. See, that's crazy to me. How can someone that n- knows what they're talking about think Drake May's not athletic? 
I don't know. You know what it's mean? weird. Like, yeah. you know, like the, the texter, I didn't realize that. The texter's like, okay, praise Mahomes, Allen, Stroud, whatever. But like, y'all got to level with me here. Whether you like UNC or not, you live in this area, you watch Drake May play. Saying he's not athletic just sounds uneducated. That's weird to me. You know? I, I, that's that's the part of it that I can't get over. Also, you Ben know? Kurt uh, just I mean saying that he is incredibly inaccurate is unbelievable. He said le- he said less. Balls. He said less. Did he say inaccurate on deep balls? Is that what he said? He said less. He that's said- what he was pointing to was the fact that he down the field he has a strong arm. It was in the comments because he was going back and forth. And he uh, said okay. he's not accurate throwing down the field. Mac, he has 79 big-time throws in the past two seasons, according to Pro Football Focus. That is easily the most since 2020. Nobody has had more than 59 in that time span. Dare I say he's sneaky athletic. Uh, Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's so sneaky that Merrill Hodge missed it on the tape. Uh, This texter, uh, Bennett, says May had, uh, had Walker when he lost to State for the last time. We didn't say he lost it for the whole year. Wonder who Bennett, wonder who Bennett roots for. Listen, it's, he's not, is he perfect? Hell no. The state game was horrendous. You know, and there's Both mistakes. Years. There's mistakes on tape. You can't deny that. So I just thought the unathletic criticism is a weird one, and I'm glad Hasselbeck pushed back. But have no fear, Drake May fans. Have no fear because um, uh, he has himself a pretty darn good QB coach. Work with him pre-draft. But I have a feeling this bothers Flounder, Bone. I have a feeling it bothers Flounder that Drake May has gone to an NC State legend to help him prepare for the draft. Listen to Drake May talking about Philly Riv. Philip Rivers coaching him up. Oh, God, he's one of the best. Um, you know, he's just, he's just like, you might as well just my brothers. You know, he's just, a, you know, loves to compete. You know, he's out there with throwing, you know, you know six step outs, like a 10 yard drill thrown into the net. And uh, shoot, he retired for two or two or three years ago and he, he still won the competition so he's just a competitor um and just not like that he's just one of the guys he gets along with people so well and uh knows the game um he's a little bit in the digit system you know with, with san diego so just picking his brain on that i know there's a little bit of different systems in the nfl so just trying to just trying to be a sponge asking questions asking what it likes i think the biggest thing about phil was he stayed healthy for so long through his career you know such a long career and i think he played 17 games for like I don't know, some crazy stat, 15 straight years or something. So uh, just speaking about how he stayed healthy. And, uh, you know, he's a big dude like me, so just trying to, you know, kind of find ways to, you know, relate to him. And, uh, you know, both ACC guys, I know he went to the wrong school in the ACC, oh. but, uh, oh, yeah. you know, some of that same stuff. So just um, just trying to pick his brain, one of the great quarterbacks. God, how could you not love what a this shot kid. there? I love me some Phil Rivers stories, though, Mac, when you hear other players. He's one of those guys that everyone he played against has a story about something he did. I love Philip Rivers. I, I know that. He probably won't, Matt, go into broadcasting until all his kids are out of school and not playing football anymore. Which, 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 which will happen in 28 years. But he would be. He would <laughs> there's be, still uh, 10 more to come, Bone. You don't even know that. There's a funny Peyton Manning element, folksy, to Philip Rivers. I love when I hear stuff about Philip Rivers. I love Philip Rivers. I love the fire. I think he's great, yep. and uh, I think he can help Drake May. Um, immensely, and I bet they have some really good Tar Heel Wolf Pack trash talk when they're out there throwing. I bet there are some funny lines that are used and out I'm there. I'm sure that involves <laughs> it involves no cuss words from Phil Rivers. The man does not cuss. Um, I'm going to kick your butt, man. I will say I don't trust a man that doesn't cuss. I just don't know how that's possible. I don't know what you're up to. If you don't cuss, Hubert Davis, Philip Rivers, more power you to you. you got to be farting me. You have more willpower than me. <laughs> you have more willpower than me. But how are you pulling that off? Uh, Cavalier Steve also wants to do the ACC We Beat Drake May Shuffle. Um, Cavalier Steve says, you forget how he looked against Virginia. 
Lots of overthrown passes, and he threw a bad interception that sealed the deal in that game. So everybody that beat North Carolina is now coming after Drake May, as if they wouldn't take Drake May on the Carolina Panthers, if they're Panther fans. Much like everybody has a <laughs> Phillip Rivers story, everybody has a UNC October on story, it appears. <laughs> yeah, you guys are just lucky enough to have North Carolina on the schedule late in the year. All right, Drake May has no chance in those games. Send in your text, the WFNZ FanDuel text line 704 Five seven zero nine six ten. Get them in now. When we come back, Dave Canales talks the plan for the offense and Bryce Young. Do we believe he can really turn it around that quick in 2024? Mac Bone, Finder Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.